What's up, everybody, and welcome to the inaugural episode of the Virtual Reality Network podcast, a podcast about VR in VR. Mind blown. <laughs> Mind blown, boom. I am one of your hosts, Tom Lynch, and I'm joined by Mr. VR himself, Mike Smith. Hey. How's it going, Mike? Yeah, good. Uh, busy, busy, as always. Oh, as always, man. As always. When we were not busy. Ask the next question. So yes, uh, this is the inaugural episode of the Virtual Reality Network podcast, a podcast where we uh, talk about everything VR, and of course it's being filmed in VR as well, uh, but of course if you want to view it in traditional format then there is going to be an audio and video version as well. Um, and the first topic of the day, I think, is going to be what makes VR so special? Uh, why are we so interested in VR? Why are we doubling down on VR? Why is it this next big thing and now... You've been working with 360 and stuff for a while, so I'll throw it straight to you first of all. Um, Give me your pitch for VR, why is it so great? There's numerous reasons. I mean, you know, the sort of thing we're looking at, especially with VR, uh, with virtual reality network, is that we're looking at this from a, a sort of media perspective of how we can implement this now. Sure. What, what VR does more than traditional video is uh, traditional videos, and you sort of see them flat screens and stuff like that, whereas VR sort of immerses you in there. And so the level of creativity in terms of telling a story um, becomes much more, you know, we're still a little bit behind in terms of the interactive, interactive element. Yeah. But as it stands at the moment, it's a very good jumping off point to, to get involved with it because you're sort of thinking about the audio, sure. the kind of. Um, experience that has, you know, do you put an audio sound so it sounds like it's coming from behind you yep, yep. when you're wearing headsets and stuff. But I think more importantly, getting involved with VR now and, and why it's such a big thing is because it's become cost effective. It, it's sure, not, yeah. it's not as complicated as it seems to actually produce this content. And obviously, we're going to showcase this on the site and everything. Yeah, but it has become an accessible product, and even experiencing it has become accessible, you know, you've got the Samsung Galaxy Gear, the Oculus Rift, the HTC Vive, social media, PlayStation VR PlayStation coming VR soon, events, you know, yeah. and admittedly they have their, their quirks in terms of things like games and stuff, but you see it with news organisations now, like Guardian has been mm. experimenting with it, the New York Times, um, mm. in fact, you say about the work that I've been doing, that some of the frustrations we've had is that people keep calling this an experiment. Right. And it really isn't. No, no. This is this is the next big thing because once it becomes kind of mainstream and people, you know, take on board the accessibility of it, then the next step is to push that technology even further forward. And that, in some respects, is both frightening and exciting. Yeah. So what what would I sell VR on? Um, it is an immersive experience. It's it's not hundred percent. You know, it, it, it takes you away and puts you somewhere else which you normally wouldn't be able to do. And as storytellers, you know, that for us is is another dimension to the way we, we tell the story. In some respects, we can let the story tell itself. Mm. Um, and in certain situations, certainly with, with traditional news media, that's what you need it to do. Sometimes yeah. you don't need the commentary and stuff. It's enough to provide the atmosphere uh, and let the story unfold for, for you, the viewer. Sure. I don't know. How, I mean, how do you... No, yeah, it? I think for me, um, it's it's all about kind of jumping on top of this this new piece of uh, technology, this new medium, really. I mean, as you say, it brings a whole new dimension uh, and level of immersion to traditional kind of media forms that you've been used to. In terms of um, 
kind of applying it to to the podcast kind of setting, what kind of drew me to it straight away was, um, you know, podcasts are kind of meant to be a very passive experience, right? You can like put, stick on your headphones into a podcast while you go about your daily life sort of thing. But in terms of when you look at it from a video perspective, um, and you kind of want that extra level of kind of immersion, you almost kind of want to be a part of the discussion. Like you're chiming in, uh, you know, for certain discussions, you have answers in your head. So like, how can virtual reality kind of almost create this illusion that you are a part of the podcast and you are you have got another seat at the table sort of thing? And that kind of, that concept really excited me um, yeah. in terms of applying VR to, uh, to a podcast. And hopefully this is kind of like the impression that we're going to kind of give off. Yeah, I, I mean, it's fundamentally what we're working to. I mean, obviously, yeah. we don't want to distract from the story too much in the sure. sense the story is about us discussing things and we want the, the, the viewer participation, but it means you can do more for the viewer in, in the yeah. sense that, you know, we're filming this in 360 degree now, but you look at the space that we have in this room, the, the, the stuff that we can do that can make that yeah. even more immersive and, and more informative as well as part of that discussion. So. Sure. You know, for example, behind the camera, we can put up like what's what the next topic is. Yeah. Um, you know, we can put graphics up and gifs and stuff, and and these are tangible objects in a three D space that you can actually look around and mm. interact with while you're listening to things, and uh, and that is something you don't normally see in any kind of form of media. It's like no. your attention is directed solely on that thing, which you know, in some respects, from a from a, a movie making or you know, um, a video making process is understandable. You have to direct the, the attention forward. You know, that's part and parcel of it. But sure. there's intricate things that can be told behind that. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes that's the most fascinating way. Uh, that's the more fascinating thing within the story is the, that what's the story going on with the people. For example, you go out and you might do like we recently did with the um, Pokewalk. You know, we yeah. went out and, you know, we filmed that and everything. And some of the more interesting dynamics of, of human behaviour in that video is the stuff that happened behind the camera and, you know, it's the size of the camera. And yet, so you're immersed, you've immersed yourself in this walk in, as if you're going along with it, but you have the option to then look around, which, you know, I, I don't know any other media forms that do that. No, 100%, yeah, it's, it's incredibly exciting because it's all so new. So we we ourselves are kind of trying to get to grips with, you know, what works best, you know, in terms of kind of podcasts and stuff, you know, what length is going to be appropriate, you know, for people making sure they're not getting too dizzy and disorientated or whatever. So it, it's, and that's what makes it exciting because, you know, this hasn't been done before and we're kind of, we're on the precipice of that really. We're trying to figure it out ourselves and then as we go, hopefully the content will improve and get better and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's incredibly exciting. And in terms of um, you're more looking at kind of the, the broadcast element, I suppose, which is yeah. something else that's going to be under the virtual reality network umbrella, shall we say. Um, so it's kind of like delivering traditional TV broadcasts, but in kind of a 360 environment as well, which is pretty exciting. Um, but yeah, in terms of the podcast, as you say, we can we can start playing around with the set. We can start having a lot more, almost a lot more creative freedom yeah. and doing a lot more with uh, with podcasts because you know typically now it's just you know people gather around a table talking but now we can kind of as you say throw in videos throw in images throw in gifts we can you know cut to trailers almost if we're talking about a particular you know topic or whatever it might be or an article or something it just it but, now, but now what, what, what you're effectively saying is that 
you can put the individual at the table. Exactly. Whereas exactly. before you wouldn't. Yeah. Um, but I want to come back to answering your question, really. I think the okay. most definitive <laughs> answer here is it's a new frontier. Fundamentally, like, yeah, hundred percent. Um, you know, in journalism and media production, is we have all these written rules in terms of things like ethics and yeah. uh, and all these kinds of things, and you know, fundamentally, you're going to have to tear them up as a result of this new technology because sure. you know things like standard tra- traditional journalism ethics might still apply, mm. but then there's other elements we have to, to do. So we might have to have a hybrid with with psychological elements. Yeah. Um, so then, how do we change that? And you know, so there's this whole brand new frontier. And it's opened up just purely on accessibility. So that is fundamentally what makes VR exciting. It's a brand new frontier for us as creators, but also for those that that are viewers as well and audience members. And if you're sort of watching this back at at some point in the future, (laughs) it's like, this is something you can point to and sort of say, actually, this is, I I kind of like this, you know, I I can see where it's starting to progress and and go forward from that. And so, you know, so like you say, we're kind of starting out, and I think that's fundamentally what makes it exciting, what will carry it forward, is it is a new frontier, and yeah. you know, people will be excited to see where that goes, and I think that enthusiasm is there for it. Sure. I mean, PlayStation VR is sold out in Exactly, yeah. Minutes, I put my know. pre-order down for, for mine, granted far too late, so I'm not mm. going to get mine until like, December, January now. Oh, I guarantee you, you've got one before that. I think so. Maybe. Yeah, I guarantee you, they'll, they'll mass produce more units, but yeah, um, and you've got to allow for cancellations and stuff. But sure. even things like Oculus coming onto store shelves and uh, yeah, and the HTC Vive, I think there's more incentive now for media producers to go and get involved with this sort of stuff because mm. in the past it was like it wasn't a consumer-based product. No, but I now, I mean, we've got prime example of this. This is like $10. I was going to say, exactly. Like, There's almost been this kind of stigma attached to virtual reality in 360. Yeah. That it's like, oh, it's a really expensive medium. You have to fork out hundreds of pounds for an Oculus and then buy a huge tower or whatever. But as you say, with things like Google Cardboard and you know smartphones and stuff, um, I think Samsung uh, packs in a, a virtual reality headset with their new thing. So as you say, it's becoming more and more... Um, almost affordable, I guess, and accessible to just your average kind of uh, consumer or user that wants to kind of get involved with this stuff, really. And it's been, it's kind of developed as time has gone, so you know how you could kind of have those kind of panorama pictures. Yeah. So it started at a very kind of grassroots level, but now it's starting to develop more and more as people experiment with, as you say, with technology and stuff. Yeah. Um, you should just point out, uh, at this point, if, you, if you've kind of been experimenting with stuff yourself, yeah. um, what, what I would suggest is that you go on our Facebook page and I'll find the thing for you in a second. Mm. But um, on there, you'll be able to actually... So if, you, if you've taken even your strike a, a 180 photo on your, your, your phone, then I, I would suggest that you share that with us and also we, yeah. can, we can share that throughout our network. And, you know, because like, like you said before, we're fundamentally testing this. So we, yeah, know, we, pretty we'd much. kind of like to see what the, the audience tests as well. Yeah. So on Facebook, we're at, at Virtual Reality Media Network. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go on that page, give us a like, subscribe, etc. Um, and then you can you can post those, those 180 photos or any 360 photos that you have on there. Sure. Um, so yeah. Uh, so what other questions did you have for us? <laughs> uh, well, I guess you kind of touched on what makes... VR so special, I guess. Why? I guess why? Why now is VR taking off? Like why? You hear you hear this term get thrown around this year. Like this is the year of VR. And obviously, you're having all the headsets and stuff yeah. come out now. But 
why is it now? Like, why is this not a piece of technology that's three, four years down the line? Why is it? I think what annoys me with that expression is whenever you design something that's the year of, yeah. it's fundamentally going to fall flat on its face straight sure. away. And, and that also suggests that it's only got a year. I mean, there's discussions I've had where the, well, I wouldn't say they're heated debates, but mm. you know, I still think the art's got 10 years. And, and, 100%, and then yeah. This is definitely not a gimmick. <laughs> you know, this it might transition into the, the augmented reality thing, which is yeah. a discussion for another day. Another beast Pokemon, entirely. <laughs> uh, with the Pokemon Go stuff. But, yeah. um, so what was I saying? So, uh, I think it's the investment and it's the application of stuff. I mean, you know, we're sort of applying this to a media, within a media framework and context of let's do podcasts, let's do broadcasts. Yeah. Um, let's broadcast live events and stuff to kind of put people in there. But there's other applications for for this that spread far and wide. Um, you know, Windows already looking at virtual offices for 2017, and people might go, "Oh, why would you need a virtual reality office if you're in an office?" But you you have to consider the health implications of it. I mean, and again, that'll be another thing to tackle on another show. Yeah, but, um, teasing all these future <laughs> topics here, Mike. <laughs> but the the health implications of the fact that in an office you're in a closed environment, yeah. it can be quite frustrating and stuff. It, it can be difficult to to multitask and stuff because you have all these things going on. Yeah. Whereas with the virtual office element, is you can customize that to be an immersive experience where you feel most comfortable doing your work. So. Sure. You know, for example, if you wanted your work, your your Windows background to make you immersed as if you're sat at a desk on the moon, sort of, you know, <laughs> to put Dane reference in there, like uh, heavy rain, you know, where the guys sure. the guys sat there in, on Mars and he's doing all his work and yeah. stuff. If that if that's what helps you concentrate and immerses you to get your work done, then there's a productivity element there that that, that can really benefit people from a sense of mind and. You know, not this constant clock watching and stuff. But again, that comes back to the health issue. So we'll look at that again another week. But <laughs> you know, that, that's that, that. So that's why I don't think it's going to go anytime soon because people really are sort of thinking out of the box with the applications for. Yeah, you, I agree. You know, we talk about the games elements uh, and games. Games is just the start. It's it is a factor start. for it, but yeah. you know, you, you look at the. Again, the, the, the frustrating thing, I hate the experiment, but like NASDAQ, for example, did a test with it and they ran an entire stock market in VR. Now, that might sound like a pointless exercise, but actually, given the amount of streaming data yeah. uh, that one individual might have to, to to deal with, surely that's got to be a better system management way of doing it. Sure. You know, being able yeah. to view the impacts and stuff in, in a virtual things in real time, yeah. in a virtually immersive environment, environment. And, you know, we are forgetting the social aspect of it here. You know, what if you're able to actually communicate with your um, counterpart in, say, like... A, halfway across the world or something Halfway like across yeah, the world. Yeah, um, sure. uh, while that market's live and you both can view it. I mean, yeah. Is that not what Web 2.0 is all about? Exactly. And, and exactly. VR is kind of a massive part of that. Yeah. I mean, like, as exciting as games are, and that's kind of where VR is being propelled into the mainstream sort of thing, because VR has been around for quite some time, but it's only now that it's starting to gather pace and stuff, and you know, people like PlayStation and Oculus are starting to experiment with it a lot more and try and get it in front of people. Um, but, like, as exciting as games are, and, like, playing games in, in, in VR, you know, how long is it going to be before you can, you know, look around Mars or something 
you know, NASA sends a oh, we've already done it. Oh, we've already done it. Yeah, yeah, I mean... And behind the times. <laughs> there is an application to, to go and have a look at it. Well, there you go. Stuff, there you go. Which has been cut together for um, clever imagery. And yeah, okay, sure. together for, for, for different angles yeah. to, to make that sphere. So that is the content in, end of the, the, the creation process. Sure, sure, sure. But you can understand why, but then yeah, yeah. it's NASA, so it's not like... You know, they haven't got rocket science. Outside their reach. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got rocket sciences, they'll be fine. Um, sure. But I think the key thing, fundamentally, you touched upon the fact that VR's sort of been around before. And yeah. It's not kind of... The idea's been there. Yeah. Well, yeah. no, I mean, even even in the units themselves, I remember mm. testing one in the 90s myself, and PC and playing Doom, and Duke Nukem, that was a, uh, the old sprite graphics and stuff. So... <laughs> And that was pretty massive back then. So, and that wasn't necessarily reliant on graphical for fidelity. I think the important thing is this time is that, you know, and you're more than welcome to fact check me on this. I, I might be wrong, but sound out in the comments. <laughs> um, the investment cycle in VR is ridiculous. It's estimated to bring in, and this is, I should point out, this is before PlayStation VR even hits the market, mm-hmm. is that the, the, the expected profit for, for each year between now and 2020 is $7 billion a year, which doesn't seem like a lot no, in, in comparison to, I don't know, the $89 billion to the, the games industry brings in year yeah. on year. But then what's interesting about that is the actual investment between now and 2020 is $1 trillion in in terms of VR creation. So this this this, goes, this this isn't just about the VR industry. This is about making sure people are trained. Um, this is about creating new companies that specialize in VR. This is about offering VR to, to customer product as customer products. Yeah. You know, um, things like the, the Thompson virtual tours for holidays and stuff. So My idea. this, My this idea. isn't just about um, you know, giving the money to games developers and say, go make some amazing games. This is yeah. this is about fundamentally investment companies investing in their own technology. You know, be that CMS content management tools, yeah. server management tools. Um, you know, certainly in the design industry and architecture. You know, being able to build things in three D and and test it out. It was only yeah. the other day that we had a uh, somebody test a jet engine out in real time. Because the data fed through the jet, jet engine, so they could pull the engine apart mm. virtually and see how it was running diagnostically. And it was the first time that anybody's actually been able to review a jet engine as it's working live in the laboratory. Yeah. Now, surely that has huge implications. But that's oh, sure. just an example of it. Of course, yeah. I mean, whenever you hear people talk about VR, you you, you kind of know <coughs> that it's just not something that they're tacking on to something. It's not like I don't know. Again, coming back to games where you just kind of tack on a multiplayer element or something. This is whenever you hear like Shuhei Yoshida talk about PlayStation VR, they are treating it like the launch of the PS One. Like this is a huge. The next That's a direct quote. Yeah, like, like <laughs> yeah, direct quote. Like they are literally t- treating it like a new console launch. Like this is the next big thing. This is the next step, and it's only going to be a matter of time before you see, you know, big studios and big filmmakers start to experiment with with this, and you start seeing. I think they already are. I mean. You know, Netflix are kind of looking at, at it, and that, that presents some challenges at the top end yeah. of it and stuff. But yeah, no, it's it's an interesting one. I think with the gaming things, I think it will be tacked on as an experience. 
to start to off begin with, with yeah there'll be very much yeah, there'll be experiences yeah, yeah. like maybe one and two hour experiences but then you'll get maybe like resident evil 7 or something that's you know the whole game could be played well, in VR. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be so. So, like, it's only going to be a matter of time before, you know, maybe the next Call of Duty or the next Naughty Dog game or the next Assassin's Creed is, like, playable in VR or something. <laughs> maybe. Who knows? Who knows? But it's just about people making those first steps. And as you, as we say, experiment with it, even though you don't like the term. But, like, it's going to take that experiment for people to to realise that it's a... It's something that they can do exciting stuff with. Yeah. I, th- I think the thing for me, the reason the term experiment's the wrong way is because it's not an experiment. What you're, you're trying to do when you do these kinds of things like we are now yeah. is that, that we're testing a tool. Sure. Because fundamentally that's what it is. It's a tool for us to then be able to achieve our overall objectives, which you know, is being that immersive thing and yeah. making you feel like you are part of the show. <laughs> um, and that's what we want. 100%. And that's what makes... It's different. Yeah. So, I yeah, mean, it kind of answered your, your original question and oh, secondary yeah. question with more or less the same answer. <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, people are always trying to find a way, find a way to kind of bridge the gap between audience and producer, and you know, some that can be, I don't know, by getting them to kind of interact with, say, a storyline and have their them just choose the, the fate of a character or something in a TV show or a comic book or whatever it might be. But what VR allows filmmakers and, and, and other people to do is is actually put these people in the thing that they're creating itself yeah and almost kind of craft the story around them sort of thing and so that's look, i was going to say let's round that up then in terms of your point and, and just talk about the the uh the background thing in terms of what you're saying like being looking through the eyes because oh arkham vr yeah yeah sure yeah that's, that, that's what sold me on vr straight away yeah but basically batman arkham vr is like i think it's about a 60 minute experience if you blast through it but like if you really want to kind of explore the world and take it all in then it's about you can stretch the thing up to an hour and a half two hours but basically you become batman in this game and you see you start off in wayne manor as bruce wayne you talk to alfred you then go down into the bat cave uh, the bat suit comes up in a little pod sort of thing you reach out you grab the cowl you put it on you put the utility bar you grab the gadgets and then you go out into gotham and you kind of solve um a murder so I don't know if, you know, with the Arkham games, you know how you do the detective mode and you kind of uh, reconstruct the crime and stuff. Uh, you do that. Um, and yeah, for every single person that, that's come away from playing that game, it's just like, you know, this is insane. Yeah. Like this is, this might be PSVR's killer app sort of thing, another term that people, you know, gets floated around. But it's it's something like that. So, you know, somebody from Rocksteady, I, I didn't expect that. Like when uh, Sony did their PlayStation conference and I watched it back, and Mark Hamill started speaking, and you could see the back colour. I was like, oh my god, are they doing a new Batman game? But it's surely it can't be Rocksteady because they've just wrapped up Arkham Knight. But it's like, no, Rocksteady is, is doing Arkham VR. And that, that shouting from the rooftops that, you know, this top tier developer is taking something like. One of the best like, in the industry. Yeah, one of the best in the industry. Is, is, is taking something like Batman and the Arkham franchise and is, you know, doing this VR experience. And, uh, in. Any interview that Seth Intel is in, he was like, you know, the Arkham games have always been about making you feel like the Batman. But now this will literally do that. <laughs> That's what they've always wanted to do. So it's it's awesome to see developers even now like start to produce these sort of experiences. So it's only gonna be a matter of time before, like we say, big huge games that we know and love are gonna start 
be either being playable in VR or there's going to be some sort of VR experience that we can just around. Um, so it's just it's just a matter of time. So you should wrap this up. Yeah, let's uh, wrap it up. I, I digress. <laughs> as well as I, I was going to say that um, I mean, just through this, this general conversation, you can see the enthusiasm, and I guess this comes back to the point that VR is is very much a human element to that you can experience, and you know, you've probably seen our reactions as we talk, and yeah, you know, and again, that's it's not something you you know you get out on a TV experience, but it, it feels very two dimensional. Sure, know? sure. Uh, and so here you have it. So I'm just going to point to our social media stuff uh, as well. Uh, the social media one. It'll be up on the screen anyway. <laughs> somewhere behind you. Over there. <laughs> it could be anywhere. Yeah, yeah. Have a look around. Uh, you know, there's Pichu in the corner as well. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, so at VR Network Media is us on Twitter, and sure. then uh, on Facebook we're at Virtual Reality News Network, um, and I think we have something on Instagram. I can't even remember what that one is. Uh, virtual, reality, virtual Reality Network on on Instagram, so yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you can post some of your cool creativity things. Sure. 